Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. I'm back with Ornita Taylor for the second episode of our discussion about her book, The Language of Healing for a Polarized Nation. Let me read once again the subtitle, Creating Safe Environments for Conversations About Race, Politics, Sexuality, and Religion. So there you have it. I mean, those are the things that are dividing us so much right now, so we all need to hear this. Ornita has a degree in leadership, and has many other qualifications. Go to our website to find out more about her if you missed the introduction of the last video. But she is the founder and owner of Eight Leadership Development Group as well. In this episode, Ornita is going to discuss the five practices of a peacemaker. And so we want to hear that because we need that. So Arnita, I noticed that in this section of the book, you talked a lot about the importance of character. Why do you put so much emphasis on character? Yeah, character is such an insidious part of our identity and how uh, we, we show up in every room. It's the continual process of our development and the sum total of who we are as a human. And so the thing about character is we, we really don't really arrive at character. It's a, it's a continuum that keeps going. And so as you allow yourself to continue to learn and continue to have open minds, it's, it's, it's easy to understand how cultivating character is going to be a part of what you bring to every uh, conversation. I think it takes a lot of character development to have courage, uh, to have respectfulness. Uh, some of the main concepts that we need in these conversations to build trust, uh, to do no harm. Those kind of things are character uh, issues. And you know, the more you understand about your own character, the more you can respect other other people's process. So it's it's not an optional part. Your character is coming with you. And sometimes these conversations will expose to you where you need some refinement. And other times they expose to you where you're better than you thought you were. So uh, character is so important. Absolutely. So Ornita, what are the five practices of a peacemaker? You know, the five practices of a peacemaker, it's the middle part of the book. Uh, I am, I do lots of leadership coaching, spiritual development coaching. And so what happens is we read hundreds of books in a year and we go do nothing out of those books because normally if we don't give people things to practice, uh, they just read and go, yeah, it was a good read. I'll recommend it. But they, they don't do anything with it. It's like going to conferences, conference after conference after conference and writing all these notes and doing nothing in the notes that you've uh, you've taken. So this is the part of the book that I really want to challenge people to go out and do some things. The first uh, part, the first chapter, chapter six, is being comfortable in your own skin. My, how does security add to these conversations? Uh, Secure people can let other people be secure people. Insecure people cannot. So if you're so insecure that you cannot understand the nuance of 
real life and, and uh, lived experiences, that's an opportunity for you to become more se secure in yourself. Because once I can understand your security, I can understand the divine nature of how God made you to be on the planet as a global citizen. Uh, the second, probably chapter seven, is cultivating compassion. Now, this is, this is very important and cultivating is, you have to develop it. But in conversations like this, uh, I've been in a number of conversations where people will come uh, to you hurting and you just annihilate their thoughts. You'll say, no, that's not about you. You're making that up. No, 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 no. How is that cultivating compassion? Because at the very core level, compassion is about removing suffering. We bring healing when we remove suffering in a very base level. So, you know, cultivate enough compassion that you don't have to re-injure someone when they come to you with something that matters. That happens a lot in churches. Black members go to white churches and bring things and they just kind of get mowed down like, no, that's just you. You need to be better. You need more Jesus. And it, it just it's such a hurtful thing when you have a ripe opportunity there to just hear them and remove some of the suffering in the moment. Most of the time when those conversations happening happen, we're not asking you to do something different. We're just asking you to hear me, which is another part of that part of the book. Listen up. Listening is so pivotal. Uh, I think Stephen Covey says it best. Listen to understand and not to respond. But that's really, really hard. What I found is it's hard for people uh, to listen to my story and not put themselves in the middle of my story. Big problem, big problem. At that time, we're not centering your feelings. We're talking about me. And so just being able to listen and harness your filters and harness your judgment and just, just go with a person and listen is a big deal. I think the next chapter, hey, this has been a long time, okay, since this book was out. Uh, thinking from your good to my good, just, just understanding we're on the planet together. And it's, it's just it's advantageous to think about the people you do life with, the people you've been put on the planet with. When we can think about our good together collectively, that's always a good thing. What I found is most of the time when you say things like that, people are worried about what they're going to lose and how sad to show up in the world always concerned about what you're going to lose rather than what you can contribute. And so uh, that's that chapter and being disruptive, you know, one of my favorite chapters. It's interesting how many people felt that disruption meant uh, was aggressive or, or something. You really have to decide in your own mind how you're going to uh, disrupt your own thoughts, your own paradigms, your own mental models uh, to challenge those habits so that you can go forward and be disruptive. Disruptiveness may just be, I have a different opinion than that. That's disruptive to people uh, in your friend base or in your in-group, that can be disruptive, but sometimes that's what needs to happen. There can't be um, jokes that come by that I say they're okay. They're not okay. And I'm gonna have to say it. I'm really on the cover of a book because I was in a room like that and someone said something insensitive and I spoke up in the whole room. And I got invited to be a part of this book as a result of it. I think we all have that responsibility in our little circles, in our in-groups. And so that's the part of the book where we want you to go out and do something. We want you to do something. So that's, that's great. the practices of a piece. Renita, I so agree with you that it's important to practice the skills that we're learning. And so learning these five practices of a peacemaker 
require us to do some practice. And I appreciate the fact that you've added practice into the text of the book, as well as that you have added it through your workbook that you can use with the small group for this. I think that's so important. Let me ask you about women in church leadership for just a minute and apply what we're talking about to that group of people. Are there any of these five practices that you would say are would be the biggest struggle for women in church leadership, particularly in churches that are male-dominated and led? Wow, that's a loaded question, Kay. Uh, of course, our book is not necessarily written to the church because we didn't want to isolate. Everybody needs to know how to have these conversations, but certainly I'm, I'm pretty assertive. I'm a pretty assertive girl. And so uh, I, I would think that if there was one particular out of the practices that I, in, in the middle part of our book, uh, the willing to be disruptive is, is really hard in, in church circles which are often very closed systems, very closed-minded systems. There's one way of thinking about this. And so if you're the person who has perhaps another way or a more evolved way of thinking about it, uh, being disruptive in thought and in thinking and in ideas is very challenging. It's challenging in any environment, particularly in a male-dominated environment. Uh, now, again, that will go back to your security level, but just thinking outside of the status quo, challenging the status quo, um, that is very hard to do, particularly for a female in, in, a, in a religious context. I think that would be it. I agree with you again about that, Arnita. Thank you so much. This has been so helpful. And I know that those who apply what you're talking about will be able to grow in these areas and be able to have more of these conversations and feel good about it. Our next video will be talking about operating in shared spaces, and we all need to hear it. And if you missed the first video, go back and listen to it first, and then we'll go on to video three. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring, and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller.